Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of Military Child and Life. Today, I'm with Christine, who is a military spouse. So, Christine, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me what it's like been being a military spouse. Yeah. So I feel like I have kind of the non-traditional version of being a military spouse. Um, my husband is a veteran and I actually met him after his military career. And so I have no clue what it is like to be an active duty military wife. I've never had to go through a deployment or any of that, but I have been with him for 10 years. And so the experience of learning the VA system, which can be very complicated and not fun to deal with. Um, and just like his recovery and healing from his injuries. Uh, I have that perspective of post active duty military life. So yeah, my experience is probably not the most traditional military spouse experience, but I think I've learned a lot in 10 years that I am able to help wives whose husbands are retiring or maybe they were injured. So I've learned a little bit of knowledge along the way. Yeah, it's really good to have that perspective in it too, because not a lot of people have that, um, you know, because it's such a small population of those who are injured. Um, and who have, uh, you know, significant injuries, uh, you know, such as an amputation or a limb salvage or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And so it is such a small population that it's hard to to know what that retirement process is like, what the med board is like, what the the VA system, because, you know, we deal with that on a daily basis of, yeah. you know, it's always another fight with them, unfortunately. Yeah. I know people are like, oh, I'm retired. The VA is just going to give me like all the information I need where it's like, no, usually you got to kind of like be a little scrappy and get the information on your own. Right. And, you know, that's what we always say. People want free health care in the United States like other countries do, um, which, you know, would be beneficial in some aspects. But you know, it's like we can't even get the VA system right. Like, how do you expect we can get an entire healthcare system for the entire country when we're just struggling to serve such a small population? Right. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. And especially uh, my husband has a leg amputation. He's got a traumatic brain injury. He's got PTSD. Um, you know, we had to battle for years to get the correct rating so that he didn't have to go in every year to be evaluated for his right. benefits. And so every year it was so stressful because I knew he was going to get approved again. But for a man who, you know, is worried about what could happen and the things he deals with, it was so stressful for him to think I'm getting evaluated every year. What if they take away my benefits? What happens to my livelihood? Um, you, what I did in the military is not something I can do now. And so it was a very stressful process. We we've had to deal with getting so many approvals to get a new prosthetic. It's like right. 
hey, if we don't get this, it's going to impact the way he walks, the long-term health of his residual limb. And so the VA has definitely been a battle. But like I said, I've learned a lot along the way and I've connected with other women where we share these things. And so it's like, I feel like I've kind of become this little resource for people. Okay, my husband has this, who should I call? (laughs) Here you go. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that's so awesome to where as if you don't have the resource, you know who to contact to get a specific resource. Because, I mean, let's face it, we there are so many resources that, you know, it's like we just know the tip of the iceberg some days. And there's like tons of other things that fall below it. And, you know, when I was growing up, when, you know, I was going through my dad's injuries and stuff, it was like, okay, well, there's really nothing out here. And it wasn't necessarily that we couldn't find anything and we had to search for it. It was like, there's really not much here right now, but so many people, uh, you know, like other military kids who have gone through things, other military spouses who have gone through things, even spouses like yourself who, wasn't there for the actual thing, but, you know, came later on, you know, there's so many people who realize these needs in the, you know, just in the life in general. And it's like, all right, well, I I see this need. I can fill it. Let me fill it. Um, yeah. So there's so Ooh. many cool little things like that out there. Yeah. And so many great like organizations that are outside of the VA there, you know, for example, here we're near the Fayetteville VA, which (laughs) isn't the most, isn't the best to work with. (laughs) We'll just, we'll just say that. Um, But in Fayetteville, they also have the vet center, which is a great resource, but everyone assumes it's the VA because it sounds like that, but they're, they don't like work for the VA, they partner, they, they have a lot of the same resources, but they offer a little bit more. And so I'll say even gosh, in the last seven years, just the amount of resources that are available outside of the VA or organizations just stepping up and wanting to help and provide things that the VA can't provide has been really awesome to experience. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, before this, we were talking about Travis Mills Foundation. So like, yeah. you know, so so many hidden gems that you don't necessarily know of unless it's like through word of mouth. And so it's so yeah. hard to find certain things. Um, but once you find them, it's so beneficial to, you know, your spouse's recovery journey, you know, my dad's recovery journey. Um and then the family's recovery journey as well, because yeah. the kids go through it, the spouse goes through it. Sure. <laughs> um, and so it is such a tough process for the whole family. And a lot of organizations also don't realize that, unfortunately, they just see, oh, you were the one who, you know, stepped on the bomb. You were the one who got hit. You were the one who got shot at. Like, you're the one who suffered. And yes, but the family you know, suffers too, because they deal with that on a daily basis, you know, November, this will probably air in November, December, but you know, right now it's October, Mm -hmm. November is coming up. Um, you know, my dad, that's when he got injured. And so that's always a hard month, uh, you know, for our family to, in a sense, relive that process of, okay, this is the day we got the phone call. This is the day mom left. This is the day this happened. Um, but you know, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that everything happened because everything happens for a reason. 
for sure. Yeah, I agree with the whole the family piece. That's something I I feel like I'm passionate about is there are a lot of resources for veterans and there's a lot of resources for like active duty military and their right. families. But when we look at veterans and specifically veterans who are combat injured, um, have amputations, things like that, their families, it is hard to find resources. I'll give you an example where I live locally. There's some stuff that I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so exciting to get my daughter signed up. You know, my kids where we live, they don't know any other kids who have a dad like theirs. Yeah. You know, and so there was just some cool military resources. And I was told we couldn't sign up because we weren't active duty. And I said, oh, well, my husband, you know, he was injured in combat. You know, he's not a veteran who just served four years and got out. Right. You know, he's a veteran who was injured in combat. And they were like, yeah, unfortunately, this benefit doesn't apply to you or your children because you guys aren't active duty. And I was like, wow, that kind of stings a little bit. It does. But um, so that's something I'm passionate about is like connecting with other families like ours and sharing those resources, but also looking at what can I do to help other women like me? And, you know, you mentioned the Travis Mills Foundation. I got to go up and that's where I met your mom. Yes. um, I knew another spouse who had been up there. Um, Her name's Janet and her husband and my husband actually were deployed together when my husband was injured. They bonded over the fact that they were both Marines who went into the army. (laughs) So she had told me about the foundation and I was like, well, you know, most places I can't go as a caregiver unless my husband's already done something. And she was like, not this one. And so I had applied and I got to go. And like I shared with you, it was the first time I had been somewhere where I didn't feel like the odd one out. We've been to a lot of veterans things, a lot of organizations, but to be in that place where every single woman there knew what it was like to be married to um, a a veteran who had been in combat, who had lost a limb, a physical injury. And we didn't really have to talk about that. I really just got to be be there and be Christine. We got to, you know, nobody was like, oh, um, you know, what was your husband's rank? What did he do? Of course, we talked about their injuries more in a sense of, hey, what do you know that I don't know? Like I learned when I was there that there's a benefit for clothing for the amputees didn't know that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is really just an awesome experience. And I was like, you know, just, I got to be there and be me, focus on me. I wasn't a caregiver, a mom or a wife for that whole week. I was just Christine loving the life in Maine with all these other awesome ladies. And it was just a really positive experience. And it helped me see we need, we need more for that in this community. And women, you know, us as a, me as a wife, I can say there are a lot of things that I carry and I don't want to sound in like a negative way, but there's a lot of things I carry being the wife of a combat injured veteran. Also, we're a blended family. There's a lot of stuff we deal with that people don't see. We've had people say to us, oh, you should just be so thankful. Like you get free health care. You guys got a house. You got to go on these trips. And my husband will always say, I'll give it all back if I could have my leg back and go back to work. Yeah. And so there's these challenges. And especially for my kids, they don't have anyone to relate to. Nobody under, none of their friends understands what it means to have a parent with PTSD or 
the struggles that he goes through physically, you know, I mean, your dad's an amputee. So you understand when they have mobility issues, it is devastating for them. Yeah. And so these are things that I'm really passionate about talking about, making people more aware and not out of a give us pity, but to be aware, there are things that people don't know about. And this is a community that we really do. It's like when we connect, like we're families for life. Right. And so we should be sharing resources. We should be sharing experiences. We should be doing life together because it is a very unique experience. Yeah. And, you know, I can totally agree with that. And especially from from my standpoint of the, you know, child going through it, you know, it was, you learn so many different things along the way. You know, I don't know how old your kids were when, um, your husband got injured, but I was nine, like, you know, yeah. and having to, to step into a role as a caregiver at nine, it's still something I struggle with because, mm-hmm. you know, it's that thing of, you should have never had to go through this. this yeah, you should, should have not been a have kid. Been. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I go to school, I go to college and people are, you know, that same thing of, oh, you get free healthcare, you get, um, you get. I had my school paid for, you know, I didn't have to pay a single penny for my undergrad. I got money back for it, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. But then everyone looks at you and goes, you have your school paid for you, you know, you have free healthcare, you have, and it's like, no, like, yeah, you're like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, I can say like, yeah, I have my husband and I love him, but there's a lot of things we have to deal with. And so yeah, sure. Those great things are perks, but <laughs> I would much rather have a husband who feels completely full and complete and just fulfilled with life versus, you know, every day is a challenge. Not yeah. every day is a big challenge, but um, there's always pain physically. Yep. There's, you know, when you go places, you know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times people are like, Oh, did you lose your leg in the war? And, you know, he tries to come up with some funny, you know, thing to blow it off, but it's just like every day there's something, there's a challenge. Um, and so people forget, and, and it's not that they don't forget, they're just not aware of it. And I think, you know, the one thing that people in our community could do better is talking about it more mm-hmm. and not doing it from a, give me attention, give me pity, give me all the free things, but really understanding it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Because you see that, like, that's one reason we had to move from Texas when after the recovery, you know, the majority that intensive recovery process, because let's face it, every day is recovery, you know, it never ends. It's a a life lasting journey now. Um, But we, after that intensive recovery was done and I didn't understand it because how do you expect a, you know, young 12 year old to understand you know the full situation but I didn't understand it for so long and I you know did not like Florida I hated it here and I was so upset that my parents moved me from Florida because I had finally or moved me from Texas to Florida Mm -hmm. because growing up as a reserve family you're not around you know you're lucky if you are around a base you know People don't realize like Miami, 
there is no military base there, but there is a reserve unit out of Miami. There's a reserve mm-hmm. unit out of, uh, you know, Cape Coral, Fort Myers area that I'm in. But the closest military base is Tampa. That's two hours away. Right. Um, and so finally being able to be in an environment where there were kids my age, I was going to school. Every single child was a military kid. So we yep. were able to connect. We were able to relate. And then moving out of that environment is so devastating because nobody gets it. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of there needs to be more awareness because people look at you and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, you need this. Like, let me get that for you. You need this. Yeah. Let me get that for you. I'm like, no, we're humans. Like, yeah. we have feelings too. We're not robots. Like, right. you know, treat us just the same. You know, we have to make modifications. Um, you know, talking to people, it's like, okay. Or talking to other people who, you know, are in the same situation. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being aware of your environments, being aware of your surroundings. Um, you know, when we go to Disney, we always look to see what time the fireworks go off because we have <laughs> to be prepared, you know, for that, for that. Um, because it's automatic flashback. We've had situations where it's like, okay, like, let's stop. Let's, you know, regain, uh, you know, what we can, like, let's yep. regroup and and then we'll move on. Yeah, and it requires so- more planning. Yeah. When you go on a trip, you can't just be like, okay, we're going to leave at eight and we're going to get here at this time. We just, uh, at the end of September, drove up to Chicago. Our oldest graduated from Navy basic training and my husband, he can drive a vehicle, but he's not driving through a city because it's the stress is, it can just be, um, it's just too much for him at times. And so I drive through the city. So it's like, we kind of had to coordinate, okay, we have to get here. When we get here, let's stop at the city. We'll switch places. And so there's just a little bit more. And then also, you know, like we book a hotel. Okay. Does it have, is it handicap accessible? You know, I joke around with my friends. I never thought I'd be like, don't forget your shower leg (laughs) when you're packing. Yeah. Um, There's a lot more planning that goes into the, the situations that are stressful, but for, you know, like my husband, the, the stress just kind of elevates uh, quite a bit more, you know, they're in a new place. They're in a new environment. Our home is very comfortable for my husband. Um, you know, I thank God, like, like he's pretty mobile, except on the day, like he does have hard days where getting around mobility can be hard, but for the most part, he's pretty mobile. And, um, you know, so our home, but our home is still designed in a way where let's say, um, he get, you know, he has an issue with his prosthetic or his leg and he needs to be in a wheelchair, you know, our house is designed so that he can still live in his house and not feel confined or like, Oh, I can't use this. And so there's just a lot of things that people don't put into consideration. And even, you know, when it comes to a prosthetic, like that's the way they're, they, are mobile. My husband hates a wheelchair. We don't even own a wheelchair because he's like, if I can't walk, I'm not walking. I'm not using a wheelchair. He doesn't want, you know, to use one, but people don't consider like, Hey, if something breaks or if something's not working or part, you know, whatever happens, like these guys are, unless they have a backup leg, which, you know, the VA isn't like, Oh, here's three legs just in case. Right. Um, it's kind of hard. Thank the Lord. We have a really great prosthetics guy here in town where he did have a situation a few years back where he um, unfortunately had like a big sore on his leg and couldn't wear his prosthetic. And the guy showed up at our house and had like a, 
like a knee, a knee wheelchair thing for him. And like, Oh, you guys can just return it when you're done. Like, don't worry about it. Um, so we have tapped into some really good resources that are local. And we, I feel like we're, we're fortunate. We're close to Fort Bragg and well, Fort Liberty. Sorry. I don't want to anyone. (laughs) I mean, we're always going to call it Bragg. It is always Bragg. Yeah. We're like 35 minutes from, from there. And so even our neighborhood, when we built our house, we chose this neighborhood because I would say 97% of the people that live in this neighborhood are either a active duty retired or connected to the military somehow. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very comfortable place for my husband. He feels safe here. Like he knows if something was going to go down, he's in a neighborhood with guys that know how to take care of things. And so like, and those, that's something else that people are like, that's so irrational to think about. Like things are going to go down. And I'm like, do you watch the news? Like, right. Do you you see what's happening? Yeah. And they forget that these guys, like that was their job to be prepared. Yeah. And to go into hard situations and to not just be like on the whim, okay, what are we going to do? And so for him, it's comforting to be in a place where, you know, oh, I'm surrounded by other guys who know if things go down, like we need to take action. Like that's comforting to him. Right. It may never happen. Hopefully it never does happen, but it makes him less stressed because that's what he's surrounded with. It honestly makes me less stressed too, because I know like, you know, and unfortunately we're not in a military community like that, but I know, you know, somebody is going to be there to take care of the situation. That's why, you know, and you walk around and you're like, oh, you're military related. Like you can tell just by the way, you know, a person carries themselves, the way they dress, you know, if it's a guy, you can tell by their haircut more than less, you know, likely. Um, How they talk or what they're assessing, like when you meet them and they're assessing everything, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So you can, you can really pinpoint, you know, your quote unquote safe people um mm-hmm. you know you still have to go and assess the situation for yourself <laughs> but you can kind of um you know kind of keep a good eye of, of who you can trust who you can't trust um but one thing I did want to ask you because I'm a little mm-hmm. curious but what was it like for you you know coming into this situation with your husband post-injury and learning everything Cause you weren't there for that process, uh, right? Yeah. No, I was not there. I met, he was injured in 2007. We met in 2014. Yes. Yeah. 2014. And, um, so he had already gone through his, um, rehabilitation and all that stuff. So for me, it was a huge learning curve. I kind of, initially did not have the the best experience with other women in the military community because they were just like, Oh, you just want him for his benefits. And that when I met him, I had, I was working a very good job making, I was fine. Like yeah. I didn't need anything from my husband. Um, I think that's not to cut you off, but I think that's one huge misconception. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, it, and there it, are people who do that, you know, purple hearts movie, you know, on the one on Netflix that came out last yeah. year, that is a thing people do marry for benefits. Yep, they, but. they for sure do. And, um, you know, for me also, it was like, oh, well you, you don't even know what it's like to be a military spouse. Like you've never been through a deployment. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's why women, that's why military wives get bad reputations. Cause you guys are like, super snotty like yeah. don't be like that um right. there are people like that unfortunately but <laughs> yeah yeah it's like <laughs> they get okay. to find the good ones 
don't remind myself not to call you if I need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I felt I feel fortunate that my husband, you know, he was in a pretty good spot physically. Um, unfortunately, when I met him, the VA really how they managed a lot of the mental health stuff was like, here's a few bottles of pills, just stay like functional, but still kind of in a zombie state. And so we really like, that was one of the first things we kind of tackled together was like, Hey, this doesn't work. Like you should not be on these medications. Like you, you know, I have a, a health background, you know, I've been in healthcare, not, you know, not a psychiatrist to know a lot about medications, but I just knew like how the medications he was on. I'm like, this long term is not going to work. So I felt uh, very empowered to help him with that journey. And when I realized how messed up the VA healthcare system was, I kind of took it upon myself to be like, okay, I can't necessarily fix everything, but how, what can I learn to make this easier for me and other people I know? And I really had to become an advocate for my husband and not be afraid to ask questions or even kind of not fight in a mean way, but disagree and just be like, well, I don't know if that's the best option. Yeah. Um, And so I think it was a hard experience, but when I look back on that transition and, you know, and for me to, to be in a relationship with someone who you know, he was a full-time dad and, you know, his kids lived with him. He was being a full-time dad. That was a completely different situation for me because I never met, you know, that most men, most people, when they get divorced, the kids are with mom and not this situation. And so it was like navigating, okay, I'm, I'm with a guy who's got these injuries, you know, what's day-to-day life like, but then he's also a full-time dad and he's rocking at that. And so it's just like, hey, where do I fit into all of this? And so it really was a transition. And I mean, being humbled enough to be like, okay, maybe we are not doing this right. Maybe we made a mistake and seeking help and finally realizing, you know, the VA really doesn't care about me or my husband. Um, I'm not going to say that there are not people that work for the VA that don't care. Like oh, there, sure. we've met some really amazing people who've actually been like, Hey, you know, if you go here, you can do it this way. Like you don't even have to see a doctor here. Like you can, you can do this really helped with a lot of things. And so was it difficult? hundred percent sure. Yes, it was. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything we learn and go through is something that we can use to help other people. And help them through those processes. And so, you know, I, I can, now I'm better equipped to help my husband, other people. I have a son who just, you know, is in the Navy and he, um, I might not be able to help him with his actual active duty stuff, but I can help him through that thought process of how do we problem solve? Like we know that the military is not going to just be like, here you go. Problem solved. Yeah. So really just helping them through through those situations and how do we logically think to be productive versus having the victim mentality of what was me? My husband's an amputee. Everybody, you know, should just be catering to us. Like, no, we're not victims. Like, let's just, let's take a little bit more control of our lives. Having a, a positive mindset in a not a very positive situation. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's so important. Like, you know, exactly what you said having that positive mindset and even you'll have those days where it's like all right like 
positivity off, like yeah, done. Um, but then being able to go back, reset and say, okay, yes, that was a struggle. Yes, that that was harder than it should have been. That was, you know, I don't necessarily want to swear, but you know, that was <laughs> that was the situation. Um, yeah. and we need to move on. Yeah. Um, and having that mindset of, okay, like let's get the tears out, let's get the anger out, let's get yeah. everything out and then move on. And some days, you know, that takes longer than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, I am one that will drag that process out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that way since I was a child. You can ask my mom, you can ask my dad how many days I would cry on, you know, when he deployed, <laughs> it was like a week straight. Um, and everyone was sick of me at that point. But um, you know, you have to do what you have to do to get yeah. everything out to be able to then move on. And so finding healthy coping mechanisms for me, it's journaling. Do I journal Mm -hmm. as much as I should? No. Have I touched my journal in the last probably two, three weeks? No. Um, But I know it's there and I know it's a good way to, to help me get that out. But I also know like I'm a worker. Like if I can just pack my schedule full and I know that's not even always the healthiest thing to do. Um, but if I can like arrange my schedule, arrange my days to have somewhat of a routine of somewhat of, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You have that comfort zone. Um, and so I think, especially in these situations where you have an, an injured service member, an injured veteran in your household, when you're even just for anyone, you know, going through situations, like I think, one thing that's helped me a lot is having some sort of a routine, having, uh, you know, cause especially in the military life, you can't control anything. Like you right. said, the military is not going to like, you know, package it up in a nice little box and hand it <laughs> to you. No, that's not no. how it works. And if you think that's how it works, so sorry if you have to experience that for yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you've got to figure it out yourself. It's it's very, uh, it's such a lonely journey, but it's yeah. so rewarding if you can stick through it. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, for me, that's part of the reason, you know, I just turned 40 and I'm like pursuing a new career path. And part of the reason is because of my journey, you know, throughout my childhood, but in the last few years, just recognizing that, spouses and families need a little bit more support too. And, you know, so I'm, I'm a huge mental health advocate. I want to like talk about the things, um, make it normal to talk about the hard things, not to like, you know, talk bad about those things, but for people to recognize like, this is actually life and what you see on Instagram and whatever social media you're watching, like that's not real life. Most of the time, those are the the highlights. Yes. (laughs) And, And so, um, I'm I'm in school to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also I'm a mental health coach right now. And so getting to work with people to talk about just like you said, what are some healthy ways to cope? We can't always change our situations, but we can change our mindset. We can change the way we approach things. When my husband's having a bad day, can I change that? No. Right. I can but I can change what I can control and I can I can be supportive. I can make sure I take some time for me that day. And I really want to work with other families, spouses that are in those same situations. So they feel like there's somebody in their corner that not everything is about the veteran. Because I can tell you, I've been in with really bad therapists who have said, well, do you not realize what he's been through? Like, you should do everything. And I'm just like, 
he, yes, he's been through hard things. I've been through hard things though. And someone's experiences is, it's not an excuse for poor behavior. Right. And so I like, I love having the opportunity to talk about these things, bring light to them, bring awareness to them, but also to encourage people that it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to stay that way. And and you have so much more power over your journey and control than what you think. Right. Yeah. I think what you said exactly of, you know, somebody is bad at, you know, past experiences does not lead to, you know, bad days. Like, you know, it's not a constant, it just because you have a bad past, it's not an excuse this way because you know this happened to me 20 years ago no yeah. it's what happened to you 20 years ago is really it is bad I'm sorry that happened to you but that doesn't mean you get to be mean to people yeah and I think uh, a lot of people you know treat it as like a card in their back pocket of mm-hmm. you know when somebody's acting a certain way when somebody's you know we all have bad days and so when somebody's having you know a moment and it's like oh yep I've been through this like I get a free pass no yep. you do not um you can you have your bad days <laughs> you can have you know a certain amount of time where it's going to be hard where it's going to be you know chaotic and stressful and um but you've got to pick up and you got to move on yeah, I always use the analogy. Um, so I'm really strong on community also. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel really blessed. I've got a core group of friends. Um, some of them have no idea what it's like to be married to someone in the military. Um, some do, but I've got a really good, strong core group of friends that it's like I can call them and just be like, okay, um, I'm about to like shake my husband or shake my children. And please help me off the (laughs) ledge. But we, I use this analogy of like some days, you know, we're going to sit in the mud and we're going to just like, but we need to have community that that can let us play in the mud for a little bit, but pull us out, clean us off, put the boots on and say, we're moving forward. We can't go back and change anything, but we're going to move forward. And our circumstances and the things that happened to us, That does not determine our identity. That is not who we are. Those are the things that have happened to us. And yes, we may have behaviors, thoughts, and beliefs because of those things. But just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. And so that's where the community is important. Um, I've met women who, same situation as me, who have called me out on my way of thinking of like, Christine, come on, that's crap. Like, you know, that's crap. Yeah. You're just trying to blame your husband because you don't want to do this for yourself. And it's like, dang, okay. <laughs> um, so that, that like, if I could tell women in my situation or your situation with having someone in your family that it not just combat injured, but anyone with a disability is make sure you have community who are going to love you and love you and your family, yeah. not judge. Like my friends never judge my husband for a bad day. Like they're like, they love him to death and they never judge him for a bad day. But they also speak a lot of truth into our lives. You know, my husband has a friend that is like, dude, you're being a jerk. Yeah. Like stop being a jerk. You have been blessed by being home with your kids. You've watched your kids grow up. He's like, if you were active duty, you would never see your kids. And so it's just like helping him flip that perspective of like, okay, maybe there's a reason and a purpose for what happened to me. 
And I might not like it, but look at the blessings that I've gotten. I've got to experience, you know, his uh, Barrett and Aaron are the oldest. They were like three and two when he was injured. Well, no, Aaron was a year old because he was injured in 20, 2007. So Aaron was a year, Barrett was two. And then Michaela was born after um, he was injured. And then we have Addie together. And so, you know, his kids don't remember him before injury. And so, you know, to have that perspective of like, wow, I've gotten to raise my kids and be a presence in their life. And to see our oldest, you know, he joined the Navy and we didn't raise our kids to be like, you better join the military because that's what your dad did. Right. Our sons truly want to be in the military because they have servant hearts. They want to serve their country. Um, Joe was like, I'll support you. Just don't do infantry. <laughs> so, you know, but they both are just like, oh, we're like 18. I have no clue what I want to do with my life. And I don't want to go to school. And my husband's like, and you're not staying here. <laughs> so, you know, they both looked at joining the military as this opportunity of setting themselves up for successful futures and the jobs that they'll be doing they're, they're really setting themselves up for success. And so now I feel like my husband's kind of transitioned to this. What can I teach my sons? You know, how, what can I give them for words of wisdom from my experiences and what I've learned along the way. And so it's, it's really awesome now to see everything kind of come full circle and my husband to see, yeah, okay. What happened to me was really crappy. I would have never picked for that to happen. Um, but now he's starting to see like, okay, I can actually help people. Yeah. I can help my kids among all, the, you know, more than anything, I can help my kids have a different perspective on their lives and, and what they are going to do. For sure. And somebody said it to me um, a while back and it's really what I've truly believed these last, you know, couple months, couple years, uh, your life is a book, like your story is already written mm-hmm. and you are just living it and you don't know what's going to happen, you know, in 10 years, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you can plan, you can hope for yeah. the best, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. I can tell you that, um, no, you know, maybe it does. Hopefully it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. but your story is already written. Yep. You know, if something is not meant to be, if something's not meant to work out, it's not going to work out. You know, it's already written in your story. Um, and you're just here to be the actor of it and you're here yeah, to be actress and you're here to live it and you're here to, you know, I, because of how I grew up, because of, you know, the military lifestyle and then the caregiver on top of that, mm-hmm. um, it's like, all right, well, I am, I am like, if it's not going you know, according to plan, it is. I'm a type A person. Like Same. everything's got to be perfectly in line. Day is thrown off. Yes, and I think and, that's another thing too. Is people really dismiss the children being caregivers? Yeah, because people don't want to think. But like with an injured spouse or a, a parent, like everybody becomes a caregiver in some sense. My husband, you know, he told me before I came into the picture. Um, you know, there would be days when he would, you know, he'd be laying down and his prosthetic would fall and like, he couldn't necessarily reach it. And then his daughter who was three at the time was like picking up his leg and taking it and helping him. Or maybe he couldn't walk that day because of something and they're helping get a glass of water. Like 
it's not, it's a different level of caregiving depending on the age, but people don't understand that like the kids, gosh, they take a lot on that they shouldn't. And they're forced to grow up very early. And I think when I think about my, my children and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know you well, well, but I've seen like your life lived out. It's just like, it makes you guys so much more compassionate to people. And you guys have experienced it personally with your parents that you just, you know, you look at people differently. You look at people who need help differently. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, like they just need to figure it out. You kind of are like, Hey, what can I do to help in this situation? Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing that really benefited me was growing up in the Fisher house and spending, Mm. uh, I think we were there for like 10 months, you know, spending that long of a period in time of time there, because, you know, we were the ones who lived there the longest because of our situation, but we saw so many people come in and out with different injuries, different circumstances. Um, you know, guys from, triple amputees all the way to, you know, complete burn victims. And um, one thing we always learned was to kind of watch out for uh, different circumstances that people may be in and how they may need help, but also to kind of step back because one thing that these guys lose a lot of is independence. Yeah, hundred percent. Injury comes, and it's like, oh well, I can't do this. Somebody else has to do it for me. And you know, I could have done this, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but now I can't. And yeah, and as they get older, like that, you know, aging itself, but aging with a disability. I think something that my two oldest sons do that I think more than physically helps their dad is they can tell when he's kind of having a bad day. Right. They will crack jokes with him. (laughs) My oldest, like I said, he's in the Navy and you know, branches, they got to give each other so much yes. junk. And so he'll like brag on the Marine Corps or the army about how the right. Navy, Navy that. And so now it's funny because they just banter, but they've done a really good job of helping him with that mental health piece of, okay, let me joke around with my dad. Let's, you know, what's a, a movie my dad likes to watch. They've really been aware of that. And also when they look at someone with a disability, it's not through this like pity situation or even some people look at people with disabilities and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. Or they, they just, you know, they just see their dad that, you know, like, uh, you know, my, our daughters, they've never experienced their dad with a leg. And so you know, it, what is interesting is when they see another amputee, like our Addie, she just turned six and she's like, oh my gosh, he's missing a leg too. He's yeah. just like dad, you know? So it's just, you know, to see it as normal for them, but to see another person is just like, oh my gosh, my dad's not the only person. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, you get the people who stare oh, yeah. and then you get the people like, I'll stare, but not like in an awkward way. But yeah. for me, it's like, okay, what happened? Like, yeah. Or it's like, oh, what kind of prosthetic did you get? Right. Like, yours is different than his. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is we're not afraid to ask because we know, yeah. like, um, and we can tell the people who it's like, okay, you don't want to even be asked at all. Like, you don't want right. 
um, you know, people wear pants because they hide their disability. And, you know, that's totally okay. Like, if you don't want to, you know, show it, then don't show it. But if you're proud enough to show it, then all for it. Um, And so you can kind of tell those people. But it's like, you know, the people who stare just make it awkward. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, and kids, kids are on. always like, my husband's always like, oh, grown ups, like, it's annoying. He's like, but if a kid asks him, like, he'll try to make something up. And my, when our daughter, Michaela, she's 13 now, she was probably like five or six. And my husband always just told her, like, he just was in an accident. He didn't go into the the details of the situation because, mm-hmm. you know, five-year-old, six-year-old, they don't comprehend what like war is. They don't understand what that means. And right. we we're at a cookout or something. And at this point, we didn't realize that her brothers had told her what actually happened. Mm. And so this kid probably about her age comes up to her and Joe, and he's like, what happened to your leg? And, and Joe always likes to be funny. And he's like, well, you know, I, I grew up in Alaska and I was going after a bear. The bear got my leg, but I got him. And out of nowhere, Michaela just looks at him and she's like, you got blown up. (laughs) And we were just like, what? And the boys, like, we didn't realize that like they had kind of already dropped that ball. And so it's just like, okay, now we need to like teach her how to say things. Right. (laughs) So, you know, so I think, you know, Joe's totally okay with kids asking when he goes to school with, you know, our youngest, all the kids are like, Addie, your dad is like a robot. And she thinks it's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. my dad's cool. Um, but when the adults stare, he just kind of looks at them and he waves and, um, you know, he's like, do you have a question? And they're just like, oh, no, 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 no. And so it's just kind of interesting. But when you are in the military area, like, you know, most people are just like, uh, you know, okay, we've seen that, but there's not a, there, there are a handful of amputees in our, where we live. Um, but like when you see them, it's like a unicorn, you're like, oh, it is real. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, like people, it's fun when kids ask and, you know, my dad yeah. does the same thing. He's like, I didn't eat my vegetables. So my mom cut my leg off or I didn't do my homework. So my mom cut my leg off. You know, I didn't clean my room, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So one other last thing I do want to ask yeah. you, and you've given like a lot throughout, um, but if you could wrap it all up, what is one piece of advice you would give to another military spouse who might be in your same situation? Don't feel like you're alone find community that you feel like that, you know, you can trust to Mm -hmm. ask the hard questions and get the help that you need. Don't be afraid of saying, I need to go see a therapist. This is too much. Don't be afraid of saying, you know, I need to connect with somebody and just get some advice because I think we can get in some really dark places where we just feel like we are alone. We're on an Island. And that's when things get really hard isolation is so hard and we think we learned that through the pandemic like yeah. so many mental health issues came out but for another woman in the same situation as me is like don't be afraid to reach out get community and be an advocate for your family to say yeah like we we need help we need to be involved we need to be connected you have the power and the control to impact your entire family and don't think just because you're the non-injured person that you can't do anything because the focus is a lot on them and 
they should get the focus, but the family, like we need support. We need connection. We need community. And so find the community, go on, the, apply for every retreat, vacation, like go on all those things. They're fun, but you will meet other women who are just like you. Like I know the retreat I went on with Travis Mills Foundation. I could message any of those women and just be like, I'm having a really hard day. And they will be like, I got you, girl. I know exactly what you're going through. And even if they can't do anything for someone just to say, I really know what you're going through and to know that they really know. Um, Like your mom's, she's messaged me before on like some hard days and it's like, oh, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing that you said that I always say is the service member, the veteran gets 100% attention and that is 100% deserved. Um, But then, you know, the spouses finally are starting to get some recognition and the kids are just, you know, hanging on for the ride. And so I think it is a trickle down effect that is, you know, we're seeing it, you know, really start to take place. But the family is so important. And even most at least service members will say it's if my family weren't here, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, my husband isn't a huge fan of like, like doing things that are just so focused on the veteran. Cause for him, he'll say it was my job. He like, he does not like it when people thank him for a service. Cause he's like, that was my job. And, you know, we've gotten to a good place where I'm like, you know, your kids could benefit and experience things if we, you know, can be a part of some of these things. And so now he's finally getting to a place where he's like, okay, you know, we can do this or we can do that. Cause I want my kids to have this community, this experience that, um, you know, they wouldn't normally have, or, you know, they're missing out on that. So let's give it to them. But I think just, you know, being around other people, community is so important. Yes, absolutely. And where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I primarily am on Instagram and my handle is hey, it's Christine B with an underscore. Um, And then I also just recently launched a podcast. You can find me on Spotify or Apple, the unscripted sessions. And uh, my husband will be featured on that quite a few times. We just, we talk a lot about the things that people don't want to talk about. It's also like when he's on, it's very humorous and funny. Um, (laughs) You can find me on Instagram and on the podcast um, sites. And that's where I'm hanging out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being on and sharing so much and even your your bit different journey as a military spouse. Yes. Thanks for giving me the opportunity and to share. Thank you for listening to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at gracie, that's G-R-A-C-I-E, at goamcl.org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. 
Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.